millions of Americans own a personal computer. If you're one of them, you can now glimpse the future with nothing more than a modem, a phone line, and a few dollars a month. With the A and then the ring around it? At. Case that she thought it was about. Just what is this main artery of the information superhighway? It will replace the yellow pages as we know it today. I'm now waiting for the computer to answer me. But it's very hip to be on the internet right now. What is internet anyway? Things are starting to happen. Things are starting to happen. Finding those small tricks to kind of pull people in over time and then cultivate that audience as it grows and then respond directly to that audience, you know, providing feedback to them, being available to them at all times to answer questions. Those are all ways to kind of garner more support. Welcome back to the Market Like Emma podcast, where your friendly team of geeks at Extra Mile Marketing are helping modern marketers become 2020 ready before it's too late. In the office today, we have Madeline Orton, our social media guru and fellow millennial in residence. Maddie is an expert at crafting social media content that tells a story and the publishing strategies that garner community engagement. Maddie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. I'm well. It's Tuesday for sure. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. You just wrote a blog on how to make a stellar social media campaign uh, for B2B companies. What do you think is the most important point that you would like readers to walk away with? Um, I guess I think the main takeaway I want people to have is that there's no need to gatekeep social media creation. Any mm-hmm. Anyone can make a stellar social media campaign. There's no certain person in the office that's right. a social media... It doesn't have to be your millennial Right. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the youngest in the office or the fresh college grad. Mm-hmm. Anyone can kind of hack into that um, special social media place and come up with a really great strategy on how to win a specific targeted audience. And to that point, um, just having the whole team contribute mm-hmm. and not even having it just be one person. 100%. Um, the same way for your company blogs, you would want multiple authors talking about it to show right. breadth of thought leadership. And, and go ahead. And multiple eyes, too. I feel like the mm-hmm. best things that I've ever created have gone through multiple other people's inboxes before mm-hmm. they get back to mine. You know, multiple people coming up with different branding aspects, different colors, you know, they, maybe they read an article or watched a TED Talk and they have a different perspective that I just don't even know mm-hmm. about. Um, and those small kind of passing reviews with other people on the team just kind of builds an overall stronger presence online. Yeah, and if you think about it, your social media channel is just a reflection of who you are as a company. Right. So if you're only showing the voice or perspective of one person in that company, mm-hmm. well, just doesn't really reflect you accurately. Right. So when you're creating posts, uh, where do you find inspiration? How do you think of new ideas and think outside the box? Well, I think it's important to give yourself the opportunity to um, look at other people's work. And that doesn't necessarily mean plagiarize, but it does mean um, giving yourself, even if it's just 20 or 30 minutes a day, to look at what other companies are posting, Mm -hmm. associating yourself with brands that you think are particularly interesting or innovative or fresh. And that could even be, you know, before you go to bed and you're scrolling on Instagram, taking note and saving potentially the posts that really caught your eye out of all the things that you were looking at. And then thinking more about what, why those posts were so intriguing. Was it, Mm -hmm. was there a specific color that really caught your eye that you don't see very often? Was it a a caption that was um, provocative in some way? Just taking note of these small things, I feel like, even if it's just in the background of your brain when you're making your own social media campaign, Mm -hmm. can kind of help influence and make things a little bit newer. Yeah, kind of dissecting what made those posts memorable for you. Right. And I think within social media, 
there is kind of just a culture of not necessarily stealing, but right. everyone adds on to this almost like zeitgeist uh, trend or what have you. So there's some meme and that becomes part of the culture right. and you draw off that and make your own comments on it and um, there's not such a fear of like plagiarism or stealing. Well, yeah, I think everyone knows that nothing is original anymore. Right. And it's very hard to come up with a, a like truly original concept. Everything is a copy or a based off of something else. Yeah, and it's to your advantage to draw on the recognition of this joke or meme or phrasing mm-hmm. or structure or border because people kind of create their associations with that, right. so you can use that to your advantage. Yeah, I agree, and I think the internet culture right now moves so quickly anyway, and mm-hmm. I think um, social media specialists or people that are in charge of doing campaigns, people who are really on it are probably also people who spend a lot of time on their own social media and mm-hmm. are really aware of what what is on beat or on trend at any given moment. Just being really on top of those patterns, I think, is also really crucial. But I think a bigger goal that people forget about is that you're supposed to be providing like a long-term repository of these yeah. posts that when people see them they have like a, a recognition moment where they go oh yeah this is I see these posts all the time on my timeline yeah. what is this about what it does this mean? It kind of sneaks up on you right. sometimes that oh I actually like love these posts and I didn't really think it, about it Truly until. and like I feel like I, that happens to me all the time on my own Twitter or my own Instagram where I, I start to see like repeated patterns probably based off of like advertisement patterns honestly mm-hmm. but then after a while you kind of realize, oh, I actually really like seeing these posts, or I really like seeing the content from this specific influencer or company, and then you end up following them and engaging with their social more or buying their product. So it's not always about just hitting hitting things on the head with just one single powerful post. It's more of, of building that momentum over time. And when we talk about content marketing, we always talk about how you have like three to five touch points Mm -hmm. with a customer before they convert. Well, on social media, that can sometimes be like a hundred touch points yeah. because these are micro pieces of content mm-hmm. uh, that they'll see for three seconds. But you're telling a story over the course of four months right. in little three second bursts. Yeah, you're playing and, the long game with, yeah. with with your viewers, um, and sometimes that game is like a whole year long. So, <laughs> so that kind of brings us to um, a question that a lot of people obsess over at least a lot of like social media marketers, which is when to post, how many times a day to post, right. uh, when are people on the platforms most. I mean, without you know narrowing the subject too much, what uh, is your feeling about that? What is your advice to people as far as um, uh, the temporal quality of, of posting? Yeah, I mean... That sounded really bougie. <laughs> the temporal, temporal quality. quality of posting. <laughs> Um, I, I guess it really de- depends on the platform, for one. Um, right. And for any single platform, I mean, it's really as easy as a Google search just to kind of figure out what, mm-hmm. what are the most current 2019 trends. But honestly, it changes all the time. Yeah. And it's also specific for who is posting. Like, I, for example, I know that most of the people who follow my personal Instagram are alumni of Seattle University. So those people mm-hmm. are on schedules that are really similar to mine. But if I lived in Hawaii, the time zone mm-hmm. would be different. You know, like, there's just all kinds of different criteria that go into what, what your audience is doing. I definitely think you need to build your strategy based off of what your client goals are and what your long-term goals are. Are you doing a six-month campaign for, you know, the launch of a specific service? Are you just trying to build awareness and thought leadership in general because you're a brand-new company? It, it just really depends. 
Um, and then with that, it depends on what platform you use. LinkedIn is, you know, more business professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely specific times that people would be on LinkedIn. I don't mm-hmm. recommend, for example, posting on LinkedIn on the weekends. Right. I'm not at work on the weekends. I'm not checking LinkedIn on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and LinkedIn users really enjoy having um, calls to action. You know, they want right. to click out and go to a website, go to sign up for a demo, go to sign up for a conference. Um, so I guess it really does vary, but also that's the beautiful thing about doing kind of testing with your social media. Right. It's important to kind of spend that time and, and allow yourself to understand that a couple of your posts are really just going to only serve the purpose of giving you data and feedback. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily going to knock it out of the park right away, but it'll give you that kind of analysis and understanding of what time your target audience is online, what kind of content is invigorating to them, do they respond more to animated content or static content, Um, and just kind of gathering those data points over time will just help strengthen and elevate your campaign anyway. Another just pro tip is really connecting with your users, you know, Mm -hmm. encouraging um, comments or likes is always a good strategy, and then immediately following up with the people who do engage with with your posts makes them more likely to do so again in the future. So, you know, making posts that are interactive, like uh, quizzes or fun facts where people have to guess the answer, Mm -hmm. things like that where, you know, maybe you're taking your lunch break and you just happen to come upon it online, part of you will probably be intrigued to interact with that post. And then if you do, it just becomes a pattern. So Mm -hmm. finding those small tricks to kind of pull people in over time and then cultivate that audience as it grows and then respond directly to that audience, you know, providing feedback to them, being available to them at all times to answer questions. Mm -hmm. Those are all ways to kind of garner more support. Yeah. And then one last thing that I always try to get uh, some of our clients to <laughs> accept and embrace is the humor aspect. Yes. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like haha funny humor, but no, just but that just lighthearted witty. or wit or mm-hmm. something that really grabs people's attention. Yeah. It's what they're really looking for on these channels. Um, so like we do these fun videos mm-hmm. for Cedar View. That, right, fun facts. Um, like crazy pictures or something. Yeah, that, funny taglines. Like, stop you for a second. Right. And just like follow the trends. Like that's what becomes popular. Whether you're on Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn. Like these memes and these really like quick jokes. They're kind of brilliant structures to actually get people to engage. I 100% agree. Great. Well, thanks so much, Maddie. No problem. Stay tuned for the next episode of Market Like Emma, where we'll talk again with our fearless president, Lori Stutzman, all about jargon. Until then, I'm Jesse Webb, and this has been Market Like Emma.